the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, June the 16th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on June 16, 1858, accepting the Illinois Republican Party's nomination for the U.S. Senate, Abraham Lincoln said the slavery issue had to be resolved. He declared a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah, he gave that famous speech today, 1858. Today, in 1897, the government signed a treaty of annexation with Hawaii. Later, they would become a state, as we all know. Today, in 1903, Ford Motor Company was incorporated. Today, in 1910, the first Father's Day was celebrated in Spokane, Washington. That's sometimes contested, but I'm going to vote for Spokane, Washington as the first anyway. But it is, it, by most people, it is was in Spokane. That was the first one. Today, in 1911, IBM had its beginnings as the Computing Tabulating Recording Company. It was recorded, it was incorporated in uh, New York State. I think IBM is a better way to remember or know that company. Today, in 1933, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation was founded as President Roosevelt signed the Banking Act of 1933. Today, in 1952, Anne Frank's Diary of a Young Girl was published in the United States. Today, in 2015, coming down the escalator with his wife, Donald Trump launched his successful campaign to become president of the United States, gave gave a speech at Trump Tower in Manhattan. Boy, a lot has happened since today in 2015, hasn't it? Five years ago today, Walt Disney Company, they opened Shanghai Disneyland. That was their first theme park in mainland China. And one year ago today, a statue of Christopher Columbus that stood in the in a St. Louis park for 134 years was removed ceremoniously by the city, by the park officials. They said that statue now symbolizes a historical disregard for indigenous people. That wasn't the first statue removed, but it was among the first a year ago when that whole craze took place and they were taking down statues. They were even after Abraham Lincoln, who was the guy that brought about the abolition. I don't know. That notion is now being taught in our schools. It's called critical race theory. Texas Governor George Greg Abbott, he signed a law yesterday in Texas a bill that outlines how schools in the state should teach students about race and racism, and it prohibits the teaching of what has become known as critical race theory. The measure doesn't specifically mention the word, the term, critical race theory, but it does mandate how the State Board of Education should frame its curriculum on history, and it takes effect September 1 this year as school uh, begins again in the fall. The law 
edu- according to this law, the educators, I spent a little time reading over it, the educators should not teach that, quote, an individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of an individual's race or sex. In addition, the legislation states that schools cannot require an understanding of the 1619 project. In other words, that's out in Texas. No more 1619 in public schools. God bless them. And it prevents schools from teaching that an individual, by virtue of the individual's race or sex, bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. So it it encapsulates critical race theory without mentioning it. But that's it's directed right at the heart of critical race. The legislation does provide a list of acceptable works that can be replayed and relayed the content of it into the classrooms. Among the things that are listed are Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail and his I Have a Dream speech. The state says they should know, our kids should know about that. They need to understand that, but not this other nonsense. The bill also requires, and I found this interesting, students be taught the history of white supremacy. We hear these words all the time. Nancy Pelosi is stammering around all the time talking about white supremacy. Chuck Schumer and all these guys are always, they're going to, we got to get to the root cause of white supremacy and all this stuff. It's all a big lie. But what, what happened in this bill in Texas is that they have identified that, turned the light on. You know, when you turn the light on things, the light of truth, very revealing, isn't it? Well, this is revealing. There's going to be some real uh, convulsions over this from the left, I can tell you. But it's in place. It's signed. It is law as of yesterday, and it's effective September 1. But in this, they they, they are mandating that students, the bill requires that students be taught, and I'm quoting from the bill, the history of white supremacy, including, but not limited to, the institution of slavery. Let's just teach it like it was, but let's not forget that there was an Abraham Lincoln. There, there, there was a resolve in America where America fought itself over that issue and righteousness prevailed. No man can own another man. And, I mean, that is, we need to put that out there. Our kids need to understand that. No other country in the history of the world has fought a war, a civil war, over that issue. It's a moral issue. And these kids need to understand that. Rather than being misled and, you know, I mean, indoctrinated and all that. So this bill puts... Texas in a place where the teachers are required to teach the true history of white supremacy. It all, and they and they include, it says, including, I'm quoting from the text of the bill, including but not limited to the institution of slavery, the eugenics movement. Oh, that means that they're going to have to study the how, how that was developed. And the leader of the development of that movement was Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger as you probably know, if you listen to this program, we've talked about it for the last several years. <clears throat> Excuse me. She was the founder of Planned Parenthood. These kids will now learn that in this. It is mandated. 
that they are taught the truth about that. Planned Parenthood has, has tried to run away from Margaret Sanger. They had the Margaret Sanger Award. Hillary Clinton and others like her have won that award as the woman that, you know, did the most that particular year for advancing abortion. But recently, they have become really skitty about it, and now they've, they've removed her name from the award just because um, of, you know, all that's connected to it. So <clears throat> this is going to teach the kids about the true eugenics movement, and they're going to be taught under this new law about the Ku Klux Klan. Well, you can't study the Ku Klux Klan without becoming very aware of the Democratic Party affiliations with the Ku Klux Klan. They're going to be taught ways in which this true white supremacy, not all the conservatives that disagree with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, that's not what white supremacy is. They're going to be taught what it really is. That's going to be very interesting. And they're going to be taught that it's morally wrong. Abbott's signing of the bill, it came after several other Republican-led states are moving to ban the teaching of critical race theory in the classrooms. Last week, the Florida Board of Education approved a proposal which outlines the teaching of American history, banning critical race theory from being taught in the classrooms. Well, they've come back. Florida has now come back with an outline for this. It's in place. And uh, in May, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, and I'm going to be talking a little bit more about him this morning. He, um, he told the, um, he, by executive order, he, he told the, um, the, the edu- state education board to review all this. And uh, he said, I will personally be, and I'm quoting him, playing whack-a-mole. He said against uh, cr- uh, critical race theory, he said, wherever it may pop up, I'm going to beat it down. He said, we're not going to teach our kids this kind of nonsense. So that was in May. In June, he called the ideology, he was speaking to the Board of Education, but the press was there. He said, this ideology is horse manure. Days later, the board saw it banned in Florida. And they had some action items in Florida to the Board of Education. The action items are teach students how to think, not what to think. Foster an environment where students can think critically and for themselves. Protect students from, number three, protect students from uh, from being influenced or indoctrinated to think a certain way. Number five, ensure students receive classroom instruction that is factual and objective. Number six, help guarantee teachers serve as facilitators of classroom discussion without making students feel pressured to think a certain way. Provide a well-rounded, world-class education that exposes students to multiple viewpoints and perspectives on a litany of topics. That's where Florida is going and Texas is going. It's interesting. It's interesting. There's a new study out. It came out yesterday from the North American van lines, a trucking, big truck you know, trucking, moving company, you see those van line things running up and down the freeways all over America. Well, they do, North American does a study, I mean, an in-depth study every year, and they release it to the public, but they do it for their own business model. And But the public takes it serious because it's it's correct. I mean, they, it's demographically correct. 
Well, they they published their newest study in, yesterday, and they said Americans are continuing. This these are their words. Americans are continuing to flee to New York and to flee from New York uh, and California for places like Texas and Florida in recent months. This was not a political statement, but the political um, you know connection here is is obvious. Despite the 2020 pandemic, they say in their report. Uh, Americans are following similar moving trends as prior years, but it's accelerating. Millions of Americans are moving either to start a new job or move home or whatever, they say. They're not sure about all the motives, but they know where they're going. Specifically, this study noted that Americans are fleeing, those are their words, California, and they're going to Texas and Idaho, primarily from California. But New York, New Jersey, and Illinois are the three states with the most outbound uh, traffic, people moving out, and they're headed for Florida. Other states that have seen a mass exodus of people, the report said, are Michigan and Pennsylvania. The top five inbound states in 2020, percentage-wise, was Idaho, in this order, Idaho, Arizona, Tennessee, South Carolina, and North Carolina. People are getting sick and tired of these states that are being run by these far-left ideologues. And the reason they can get elected, whether it's Seattle, Portland, Chicago, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's because cloistered in the city are these far-left people. And they will elect one of their own. And it even spills over, as in the case of Washington State or Oregon, for the same matter. The the counties, the large counties in the city, King County, Multnomah County, whatever, They have enough people to sway every statewide election. So the governor falls into that category as well. But the mayor of these cities are always far-left people because that's who's in the city. The rest of the state's kind of normal. But people are fleeing this. They're fed up with it. They're saying, I've had enough. They're moving, and they're moving in mass, and they're moving specifically to states and cities that are governed by conservatives, because conservative gets a better outcome than liberal. I mean, it's just a fact. There's no question about it. Now, (laughs) the media is all pumped up, but they don't know what to say about this. Talking about how states are taking control and doing the right thing. Let's go back for a moment and talk about Florida. The media reported this week Quote, the school day may start a bit different in Florida public schools. After the Florida Senate and House passed a bill that will require every classroom to observe a one to two minute time of silence every morning before class. It said yesterday, if Governor DeSantis signs the bill when it comes to his desk, well, I want to tell you it came to his desk, he signed it and celebrated it. He was a cheerleader for the bill from the beginning. The bill, which is now law, it takes effect July 1, which is what, a couple of weeks from today. The bill very clearly blocks the teachers from making any comments before or during the period of silence so there can be no influencing factors on what the child thinks about or prays about. Yes, they can pray during the silent time. They can't talk. Kids have to shut up and be quiet. And so does the teacher. 
for either one or two minutes. At, at least one minute, not more than two minutes is the way the law reads. I wonder if other states will have the courage to follow this model. Or will they continue to abandon the children to the noise of the culture in the classroom? Well, I will tell you, this noise, <laughs> this noise is getting more and more loud and invasive to our kids. I mean, they're hearing you may not be a boy when they're a boy. You may be a girl. Well, I never thought of that before. Yeah, Junior, you might be a girl. Let's talk about that. How do you feel? That's where public education is going, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. They are they are not only abusing our children, they are stealing our children. And I'm not the only one that thinks that. So do many of you. And we just wonder, what can we do about it? I mean, how do we deal with this? Well, it's a big problem, but there are people out there dealing with it as we speak, and we need to know that. We hear the slobbering press as they report on the Biden administration and all the wonderful things he do. He's not doing anything much wonderful. He's, they're stumbling around and they're, they're pushing all of these destructive models of education and government, and they're promoting critical race theory and other ideological disasters. But there are people that are making a difference. There are people that are changing things. So be encouraged. It isn't all lost, but it seems to be because the press is certainly in the trench with Joe Biden. There's no question about that. But we need to know that there are people who are empowered by their office, like DeSantis. Boy, there's more and more conversation about him as far as, you know, the upcoming presidential election, the 2024. I don't know what Trump's going to do, but he's Donald Trump, younger, better spoken, and is powerful, and he's not pushed around, and he knows how to get things done. I don't know. I mean, we need to keep an eye on him, pray for him. hes I don't know a lot about his personal life. I mean, must have some Christian commitment. I don't know if he's Catholic or Protestant or what the deal is. I haven't paid that much attention to his personal life, but I have been watching very closely what he's doing in his office. This new law blocks teachers from even making suggestions as to what the students should think about in their silent time. The students can pray. They, not out loud, but they can sit there and pray. And the teacher has to shut up. And, I mean, some of the teachers are great. I've said this before. We have family members that are teachers in our family, in public institutions. But I will tell you, many of them are activists. They see this as their calling, is to change the minds and the hearts and the lives of these kids with critical race and all this other nonsense. And kids are coming out of our institutions not educated, not educated at all. I was going through a lot of information this morning before I came on the air, and I saw a quote from Jim Rohn. I don't know if you remember him or not. He's been around a long time. I don't know if he's even still living, but I've, I've read stuff he's written over the years. But he made this statement about education. He said, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. Well, I think from a business point of view, he's he's on to something there. That's very true. But public education can also destroy a life and change a heart. And that's what they're doing. And they're doing it purposely in too many cases. 
So when you get concerned about it, and I get concerned about it, there are people with a lot of info, like DeSantis and like the Governor Abbott of, of Texas and others. They are making a difference, and they're going to continue to as God helps them. So it remains very clear that this law in Florida that goes into effect in two weeks, July 1, it'll be challenged, but I think it'll prevail because kids do have a right to be silent for a minute to two minutes in public school. So I think that this is going to not only accomplish something, but it's going to send a message. Teachers, be quiet. Stop indoctrinating for this time. Let And don't prep the kids before, okay, now we're silent. You think about these things today. I would suggest that you, you know how it goes. So that's not going to happen in Florida. And if it is, the teacher is going to be, you know, held responsible for it. Hopefully there will be some consequence if they do. But they're not going to be able to set the kid up and say, well, we're going to take our minute of silence now. And here's some things I would suggest you might consider thinking about how bad white people are or whatever. I mean, that's what's going on in the classroom. And they have taken a, a position, the governor, under his leadership in in uh, Florida and the legislature, and they have said, enough, enough. We're not going to go here anymore. And that's one of the most attractive states, particularly people in the East that are migrating from one state to another, purposefully moving. They're going to Florida. Most of the Western states out here, uh, from what I could read in that study, there was a lot more that I didn't mention in that um, moving company, uh, the Van Lines uh, study. Most of the people here in the West are, are going, as I said, they're moving to Idaho. And uh, I mean, generally, the Western part of the United States and, and to Texas, for sure. There's, there's a massive move to Texas uh, in the last couple of years. But these are some of the reasons that are driving them. I mean, there's more economic uh, opportunities in many of these states because of the conservative governance. But they're also looking at the culture that's created by the people in leadership. So they're saying, telling the teachers, you can't talk to these kids. You can't manage them into their time of silence. You just have to be quiet. This one guy, Baxley, he's a Dennis Baxley, he's a Republican in Florida. He said, uh, in fact, he was the sponsor of it in the Senate. He said it should remove concerns that teachers might influence the students' silent time. So they knew exactly, these legislators, they knew exactly what they were doing. He said it remains very clear in the wording of the billing, billing of the bill, now a law, that parents and guardians are the ones responsible. This I'm quoting from the text of this bill. It says parents and guardians are the ones responsible for a discussion with their child about what's appropriate content for that quiet time. We don't want the responsibility on the teacher. <laughs> well, he's right. There will be no interference from the staff. The bill reads, quote, a teacher may not make suggestions as to the nature of any reflection that a student may engage in during the moment of silence. It continues Later on, it says each first period classroom teacher shall encourage parents or guardians to discuss the moment of silence with their children and make suggestions to their children as to the best time, the best use of their time. What a novel idea, an opportunity for personal prayer without the student being suspended and recognition of the importance of parental influence and authority. The silent time is required to be at least one minute, as I said, but not more than two minutes. The teacher apparently, I, I couldn't 
figure out where they make the decision as to whether it's one or two minutes, but apparently the teacher makes that decision. But nonetheless, it's highly structured. Governor DeSantis said at the signing of the bill, he said, quote, we think it's something that's important to be able to provide each student the ability every day to be able to reflect and to be able to pray as they see fit. There's a lot of noise coming from the opposition over this silence. (laughs) The idea that you can just push God out of every institution, the governor said, and be successful. He said, I'm sorry, our founding fathers did not believe that. We have an opportunity here to really protect the religious freedom of everybody who's going to school K through 12 in the state of of Florida. WPT uh, TV News down there, one of the stations, I forget, I think it was Orlando or I don't know, one of the cities in Florida. They they had this this video of this protester at this press conference and this guy and they, they ran it over and over and over. I was doing a lot of research on what TV was running down there prior to this program today that I'm doing. And uh, yesterday afternoon, I was looking at a lot of this stuff. And uh, this one uh, a protester, he was getting a lot of airtime of the from the opposition, the TV station. And he disrupted the or tried to disrupt the pre- press conference. He started shouting at the governor. He said, you're playing games with our freedom of speech. You're playing political games. And man, those TV stations played that over and over and over again. Well, oh, the wisdom of the left. How does a moment of silence impact a student's freedom of speech. There's irony in this. In these days of compelled speech in our classrooms, this protester is upset about compelled silence. Isn't that interesting? Florida Senate Minority Leader Gary Farmer, he's a Democrat, he tried to tiptoe into this because the politicians can see that this is not necessarily out of step with most of the public. He said, It would be a good thing if we could all take a moment of silence every day and reflect and meditate a little bit on things that are important to us. However, there's always a however. However, he said, the framers of our Constitution were very careful to separate church and state. Well, that's what they always say, but that isn't true. Farmer has grossly overstated both the letter and the spirit of the framers with which they did talk a lot about this, and they were very definite that the state could not fiddle with the church and mess with it. And that's what the letter to the Danbury Baptist that Thomas Jefferson wrote was about. I wrote an article about this today at faithandfreedom.us. There's a lot more information in there, including some work that David Barton has done. He's a great, great historian, Christian historian. I'm sure you know or have heard of him. He has done a lot of work on this and other subjects. And I put a link to some of of his study about this whole thing about separation of church and state. That has become so convoluted that it's used by the left as a battering ram to take over and indoctrinate and teach their religion, their religion, which is secularism and humanism, to the kids. Even Wikipedia notes that the 18th, 19th, and 20th centuries, it was common practice in public schools to open with an oral prayer or Bible reading. And this is just a minute or two of silence. Separation of church and state, it's a made-up idea. That isn't at all. It's only that the church is protected from the state. That's what that letter was about, and that's what the Constitution brings to us today. Well, there's a real uh, movement today to get to the truth, and I'm so grateful for it. We'll continue our conversation tomorrow about this and other topics that are happening in the news 
as we speak. Thank you so much for your support. We, I wouldn't be here without it, and we appreciate it deeply. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow.